Hello and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. With your host, Kenneth Pokor. This is episode 15, recorded on October 22nd, 2020. This episode of the EV Revolution Show is sponsored by File Sanctuary. Need a great web host for your business? Need to get email at yourdomain.com? They provide professional, feature-rich web and email hosting for any project you have in mind. Get started today at filesanctuary.net forward slash cloud and save 10% with promo code EV Rev Show. All right, and thank you for tuning in to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. Uh, as the intro said, my name is Kenneth Bocor, host of the show, and I'm happy to have a very special guest with me today. Um, during COVID, sometimes it's hard to get uh, a hold of people and to do, especially live talks. I've done some interviews via Skype and, and Zoom and stuff, but um, this gentleman happens to be a neighbor of mine, so I'm quite fortunate that we're able to meet uh, using my unorthodox uh, garage here to actually talk in and keep uh, social distance and all that stuff. But I'd like to welcome Colin Dillon. He's the Chief Technical Officer for the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association in Canada. Welcome, Colin. Thank you very much, Ken. Glad to be on the show. Listen, it's a thrill to be able to chat with you in this professional capacity because we talk a lot about cars and since we're neighbors, we're always talking about stuff anyway. But what caught my eye, which we're going to get into, is the Project Arrow initiative that you guys have, have fronted and are, are managing. Uh, but before we get to that, maybe you can tell some of the listeners, you know, what you guys do. I mean, the name sounds synonymous to what you do, but a little bit more detail would be great. I appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association of Canada or as the acronym is, it's uh, the APMA. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been around for close to 68 years. Mm. We are a trade association representing the auto parts members, um, you know, which include the, 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 the big five, the Tesla, the, uh, the Magnus, the ABCs, the Woodbridges, uh, and what have you. And it also includes today a lot of auto tech companies, a lot of startups. Um, mm-hmm. As we see this transition of the car being a mechanical device going towards more of a software-led device, um, our responsibilities are to um, lobby and support and to make sure that any rules, regulations, policies are going to be favorable for our members and the auto sector here mm-hmm. in Canada. Um, but over the past, I'd say, close to a decade, as we're beginning to see this transition towards more connected vehicles um, and the, the introduction of more technology, that brought in a, a brand new uh, group of membership. And mm-hmm. so because of that, we've been involved with uh, several projects. We, we launched our own connected vehicle several years ago yes. where um, Twitter Canada, you know, uh, you know, nicely donated a, a, a brand new Lexus and we added a lot of technology to it. Mm-hmm. That project led to the province of Ontario launching the Avon project, the Autonomous Vehicle Innovation Network project, um, which we're about midway through um, where we're demonstrating Canadian built, Ontario specifically built technology, autonomous, connected, mm-hmm. um, again, in demonstration vehicles, and we demonstrate that on behalf of the startups and the companies, and we do it throughout North America. Mm. Um, and so as we see this kind of change of transition, you know, it led us to also you know, make sure we're there to support our members when it comes to the change from internal combustion engines uh, towards electrification. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you, we're going to be waving a lot of Canadian flags during this podcast. But, you know, I want the listeners to know, because they do have listeners from all over the place, that what's going on, you know, with automation, with the vehicle technologies, the electrification, this is a global phenomenon. So there are all kinds of things happening in the U.S. and Europe and other parts of the world um, that uh, are maybe not exactly what you guys are doing, what you're involved with, but very similar projects and initiatives, because it is really kind of you know, a lot of forward thinking to what's going to happen in the next decade or two. You know, and um, what's, what's also important is the, is the stuff that goes on in the background. So mm-hmm. not only are we there supporting and lobbying, but we're managing a, a, a number of government-led initiatives and programs. But some of our own initiatives, initiatives are to, for example, we've, we've launched this past year the APMA's Institute of Automotive Cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, it's, it's, it's all fun and well to, to look at tech and software and, and software embedded into hardware, but is it protected? Are you protected? Is it right. secure? And so we're trying to change the culture truly mm-hmm. um, in the auto sector because there still tends to be this thought that if there's, an, if there's a cyber issue, it's an IT issue, when in reality it's actually everybody's issue mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it's from the top down. And so we've also launched um, the Digital Manufacturing Committee, which is to help our sector embrace Industry 4.0. And and why are we doing that, Ken? Because Industry 5.0, which is the additive of of kind of cognitive technology, Mm -hmm. uh, where human and machine become a lot closer, Mm -hmm. you know, that is already on the horizon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if we speak to some of our kind of, you know, Industry 4.0 companies that are trying to, you know, change the way the auto sector is embracing Industry 4.0, they'll happily tell you that. Some of the companies are still struggling with 3.0. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we, but we're taking all of these kind of aspects seriously because of this kind of global change, as you yes. uh, alluded to, that's happening in the sector. Like, it really is going through a revolution, mm-hmm. um, an NEV revolution as well, maybe. Thanks for the plug. I always appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, I, I get a lot of those when I do the podcast, some of the guests. Oh, that's great. No coaching required. Absolutely. Now, before we get into Project Arrow, you, you talked about some of the things going on in the sector. And um, I wanted to ask you just now, uh, yesterday, um, you know, with Tesla's earning call, we were talking about that before we started the, the record button here. Um, and of course, Elon has now pushed out a beta of the full self-driving, which is, you know, a little bit behind the times. But, you know, I've already seen some early videos coming out today and some articles of, of what the capabilities are. Uh, what's your take on where Tesla is? from an automotive technology, and how far ahead do you really think they are when you look at the other OEMs? You know, and, and I think in that same context, you know, yesterday the uh, GM and their cruise company actually mm-hmm. went to the feds south of the border and said, can we put a vehicle on the road without a steering wheel and without pedals? Mm-hmm. So that becomes yep. an SAE level five, Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, autonomous vehicle. Yep. So, as, and, and yet GM and, and others have actually created a group who are actually challenging mm-hmm. Tesla and they're kind of labeling as of autopilot or yes, self-driving. And, and to an yep. extent, um, can I have to agree? Um, I, you know, both of us, you and I both own Teslas, mm-hmm. um, and we both talked off the, uh, off the mic before we press record how we both really aren't that keen on using the autopilots mm-hmm. um, because the technology is limited. I wrote an article, Ken, a few years ago called Smart Car, Dumb Infrastructure. Okay. And I said, look, don't keep asking me when we're going to see smart autonomous vehicles on the road. I, you know, I will tell you that we need to improve the smart in the infrastructure before you're going to see that. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, Tesla last year 
um, had developed a chipset which is now the global leader. It's, it's, it's way um, uh, ahead and more improved than the NVIDIA chipsets. Right. Um, and so the, the, the industry for sure has come out and said that their chipset and their, and their software is some of, the, some of the best, if not the best, at the present moment. Mm -hmm. But some of the challenges are, you know, the, the, the hardware, the sensory technology that Tesla chooses to use or doesn't choose to use. And, you know, I would say, you know, an autonomous vehicle in 2020, 2021 should have cameras, should mm -hmm. have radar and should have LiDAR. Mm -hmm. And if we are able to prove that a car does not need one of those three, and then so be it. But to be such a stickler when it comes to LiDAR and I know. To, to Tesla, <laughs> yeah. I do question that. Uh, yeah. Because, Interesting. you know, cameras today and the glare concerns and, mm -hmm. and, and depending on where they're facing. And I know there's, yeah. a, there's a bunch of them. There's, there's oh, up yeah. to nine cameras on a Tesla. Mm -hmm. um, the radar, and again, people shouldn't think of, the, you know, a radar being the device on a, on a World War II, you know, uh, warship. Right. It's, it's an advanced radar which is mm -hmm. providing some kind of imagery technology back mm -hmm. to the sensors. So it's, you know, it, I, think, I think he's, you know, I, I implore him because to do it the way he's doing it, um, to bring it out into public, is a what I call a software mentality yes. uh, approach. Mm -hmm. uh, the auto sector currently is stuck in this hardware mentality approach. Mm -hmm. When we build a car in the old way, a failure is catastrophic. Mm -hmm. internally to the company and the supply chain. Yes. What do you mean it failed? Whereas a software approach to failure is they build it knowing it's going to fail the day they release it. Right. Do you think, you know, think about yeah. it, an, oper an, an, an updated uh, operating system, you know, mm -hmm. you update your phone or your, or your laptop, right away that within a few days you get the new patches and the new fixes or mm -hmm. the new version. Yes. The mentality of of that risk and the assessment of risk is completely different to the mechanical world. Mm -hmm. And so I implore him for the way he's doing it, and I think we do need to see these vehicles on the road, but we also need to collectively bring together uh, municipalities and, and provinces or states and to improve the technology on other vehicles and in infrastructure in order for it to become right. safer. I agree. I mean, my vision of a full autonomy environment is when it, it, all the cars are connected because you know they can talk to each other in in you know those microseconds milliseconds aspect and know where they are positioning you know that is harder for humans to make mistakes when that happens when all the cars are talking and they're all there but right now when you have this early mix i'm a little you know scared to be honest with you when you've got because you've got some, you know, a very few cars that are going to be out there with some form of autonomy, but the majority are still under human yeah. control. And, and it's and also, you know, it's a, a dangerous time, right? Could it be. is. Yeah. It is. You, you know, and we've just introduced five G. You know, mm -hmm. we in North America yes. are introducing it. China, in December of two thousand nineteen, now has full five G running in fifty five zero cities. Wow. So one of the other challenges we face here in North America is that race. Correct. Because if we think 2022 is the year to do all uh, the, 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 ro the rollouts mm -hmm. of autonomous technology, full 5G, then a competitor of ours, a global competitor of ours as a nation has two years of data sets ahead of us. Mm -hmm. So there's all of that going on in companies True. and in governments as well. So, you know, mm -hmm. but 5G is going to improve the lag and latency concerns that we, yes. we know exist with 4G and LTE. Uh, and yet the, the, the challenge, for example, both of you and I live here in a beautiful Caledon mm -hmm. and we have a few blackout spots here in this. Oh, yeah. And so just imagine having uh, one of those Teslas running around here in, in full, you know, autopilot mode. 
You know, mm -hmm. it, you could lose connection and connectivity like yep. I, I do all the time. Yeah, no, I hear you. I suffer from that too. Um, so it's interesting, you're absolutely right. It's, it's interesting we say the LiDAR because there was a question asked yesterday uh, during um, Tesla's uh, uh, third quarter call, earnings call, where somebody asked Elon about LiDAR and he says, nope, we're not bringing it in. So he said, you know, would you, would you deploy it even if you could get it for free? And he said, for free? No. Wow. So you're absolutely right. He's not just a believer in that. He thinks we can do every, they can do everything. And, 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 that, it, so. and that lends me to believe that their software and their imaging sensory, so there is, there is improvements. So don't think of a camera to be the same as the camera we have on a, even on a GoPro, mm -hmm. as an advanced as those are. Some of, the, some of the advancements going on into these sensory technologies yes. um, and how they interpret, because that's what it's about. You know, the way we know how LiDAR right. interprets moving things and right. static things. Right. And so maybe his software is beginning to interpret in a similar fashion to LiDAR, mm -hmm. the way it sees things, you know. But, uh, but hey, you know, uh, all the power to him, I will yeah. have to say, because, you know, yeah. there were so many naysayers over the last five or six years about his company and yes. how he, can, he was failing to make a profit. Yeah. Well, he was failing to make a profit, Ken, because when you're trying to introduce the latest assembly you know, technologies and, and processes using Industry 4.0, mm -hmm. as well as trying to make the most advanced vehicle ever built, it's going to be a challenge. And mm -hmm. I always told people that, you watch, wait until he builds this, the China one where they've fixed the bugs in California yep. and Nevada. The China one's not going to have any, any of those issues, and it hasn't had any of those no, issues. Correct, yeah. And, and it's going to be the same for Texas as well. So. And Berlin will be and, a, a, a level up from there once absolutely. they get that going. You know, with the, with, the, with the, what is it, the, um, I just lost the name, but the, the big body stamping plants, you know, the new way of, of stamping yeah. the bodies in, in larger uh, components, right? Uh, so less riveting, less gluing, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, less welding. So, yeah, it's interesting. And, um, uh, you know, my take, again, to close off FSD and, and, and automation from that perspective is there's still that degree of, a, va a big degree of unpredictability in humans is the way we drive. So, you know, uh, technology will react to what it sees at that moment in time. And even that, that moment can be very small because it's milliseconds, it's very, it's, it's always constantly monitoring, but it, it's a reactive technology. Whereas somebody who has been driving for a while has got some experience, and I won't brag, but I've been driving for 40 some odd years, so I kind of can, can tell. I can anticipate maybe when something's going to happen. So I, I could anticipate going down a street, you know, a, a residential street, and, and maybe anticipate that a kid might run out in front of me chasing a ball. So I will instinctively slow down, because, just because it narrows a bit. Technology doesn't have that instinct or that, that you know, experience, right? It will react if something comes across, and it will react very quickly. But you see what I'm saying? Or, or maybe this guy's going to, he's, he's backing out of a parking lot. Maybe he won't see me, and he's going to just keep going. So maybe I'll instinctively slow down ahead of time. These kind of things. Yeah, right? and you I know? think that's where artificial intelligence, AI, yeah. and machine learning yeah. kind of comes in, and their neural sure. networks. And I know Waymo, Tesla—they're all doing it. You know, Waymo's got hundreds of millions of miles of yeah. test mm -hmm. data that they're using to add intelligence into their software. Yeah, and and I'm sure Tesla's doing. And that's and again, that chipset we talked about is embedded with 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 its own AI, where mm -hmm. there is that learning. But I I agree with you. Make you know, one life is too many lives lost. Right. That child with the ball. Sure. Yeah. If it if there is an issue and an incident there, it's one too many. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the reason we're pushing for uh, uh, autonomous, and I'm I'm a big believer, is because 
94% of all accidents are human error. Yeah, I agree. So as much as we're alert to the Mm -hmm. situations, um, you know, we still have a habit of sometimes having one too many wobblies and we get into the car, yep. we get distracted and we're, we're driving. So yes. there are all those other things. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to improve that 94% mm-hmm. and bring that number down to say 40 or 50, yep. I think it's a move in the right direction. Totally agree with you. I'm fully supportive of, of the tools and, and the, the different safety elements that are all becoming more standard, you know, blind spot monitoring and warning and all this kind of stuff, lane control. I just did a car review that's going to come out next week where I said, you know, for the price point, this vehicle should have had these standard options because, yes, they're here to augment your driving experience and to assist you. I can tell you that the Tesla Ford collision warning has gone off a few times on me, and it's actually worked really well because... I'm just for a split second either zoned out or tuning a station or whatever, and then all of a sudden it goes red because you know I'm the car ahead of me is slowing down enough to trigger that, and you know I know you can you can adjust it, but it's actually worked, and I react right away, and okay, it's not a panic, but I'm going this works really good. So yeah. those kind of things, brilliant. I agree. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so. We know Tesla's, you know, doing well, and the other OEMs. Uh, you, you touched upon them a little bit, but how do you think they're doing when it comes to electrification? Maybe not so much autonomy, but just from electrification. You know, we've had some recent announcements in Canada, but uh, FCA now pouring money in to build electric cars in Ontario. GM, uh, sorry, Ford, of course. Uh, announcing that GM just announcing. Uh, I watched the Hummer reveal the other day, yeah, yeah. and their uh, Ham Tramp Tramic plant, if I got that right, yeah. in Detroit, their Factory Zero now initiative, where they're going to come out. Uh, are these guys still four or five years kind of behind, you know, from a Tesla or, or where the market could be? What do you think? You know, you you, you got to peel this all back as yeah. well. Like you know, you had an individual who's a good friend of uh, ours called Chris yeah. Barini Bird. Chris's name's on the patent for the skateboard technology that GM developed mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago. Okay, with the EV one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so so you know, you, you and and actually we should get Chris on your show. Chris we should. Is, that would be awesome. Chris's yeah. project now is afreecar.com. Okay. So Chris has worked for some of the biggest global companies and organizations. And for him now, it's about putting together a, a package which costs $1,000 US, and you can ship it anywhere, and it gives any community, any individual, uh, an opportunity to electrify and put propulsion into whatever they may choose, mm. whether it be a wheelbarrow, whether it be a car. Mm. And so that's, that's Chris's kind of, you know, that's, that's what he's focusing on. But, you know, so you know, we've, that's full electric, but then we've also got hybrid electric as well. And mm-hmm. I think there will be a a transitional period. I think, you know, I I, I appreciate, I've got three cars on my drive, well actually four now, but two of my cars, one's a hybrid, Mm -hmm. which I happily drove, which gave me, I felt the kind of mileage that a good old diesel used to give you a decade or so ago. And uh, I have a full electric, but I think the the global OEMs, the, you know, the current current steadfast OEMs that Mm -hmm. we know of, Mm -hmm. um, they, they've been, listen, they've been knocked off their perch in a, in a way, yes. um, because I think of that mechanical versus software approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Tesla was building cars on the roadster before Elon came in, um, and and this kind of you know this young fella who spent two years at Kingston, Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, brilliant you know uh, just a brilliant individual. You know we could talk about SpaceX as much as we could talk yeah. about Tesla, but it's been the visionary drive that he's brought, and mm-hmm. so. Um, I think there will be maybe a two to three year gap yeah. because I think one of the challenges a lot of the current OEMs find, and, and, and I'll happily talk about the Audi 
um, e-tron, which I was super excited when they were about to launch it, mm-hmm. and very disappointed to see a vehicle which just looked, if I squinted slightly and looked at that and the other three or four SUVs from Audi, there was no physical looking difference, interior, right. exterior. Yep. I want my vehicle, when I pay that price tag, to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, I want it to look different, point, I want yeah. it to behave different, as good yeah. as some of its technology could be. Yep. So I think they're, they're, they're kind of chastised with a lot of the old school mentality mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm. they do things. From a technology standpoint, I think they're probably less than five years behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's that mindset. It's, 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 let's use the analogy of smartphones. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have the Apple product, mm-hmm. and then you have everybody else. Yep. And, and, <laughs> and it's just something about that Apple product, and I think mm-hmm. that same analogy fits with Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the news that you mentioned about the 1.5 million being invested by FCA into Windsor, mm-hmm. uh, the 1.3 million that's been invested by Ford, with mm-hmm. a support of half a million both provincially and federally, yep. federally from our governments. I think it's great news because yes. it, it now positions Canada to be a supporter and a supplier mm-hmm. in the next generation of automobiles and mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, what we need to do as Canada now is to make sure we strengthen out our supply chain. You know, we can talk yeah, about... I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah well, you know, we, we can go from mines to mobility. You know, mm-hmm. we can talk about... Mining the raw materials that are required for, you know, electrification. Mm -hmm. And electrification, you know, we can now, because we're agnostic, you and Mm -hmm. I can, we can say it's skateboard lithium-ion battery, we can say it's hydrogen fuel cell, or we can say it's solid-state lithium. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're talking to companies in all three um, segments. Uh, Or structural integration that Elon's announced with. With, on battery I'm not, day. I'm not, yeah, I'm not that familiar <laughs> with it. I'd like to hear more. So but finish that thought, yeah. Yeah, so it's like how now we have to make sure that we bring in and build out a supply chain, which isn't going to happen overnight. You right. know, we had a great call a few days ago with some of these electric, um, you know, propulsion technology mm-hmm. companies, and they said, look, initially you're going to see, you know, sh- container ships coming from China across the Pacific to Vancouver to provide the raw materials. Like we're mining lithium out of rock in Canada, mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in Northern Quebec, but it's not the right grade of lithium. Okay. It's mm-hmm. behavioral, you know, personality traits are not what's needed. Okay. And so they need it more from that soup kind mm-hmm. of material yep. for, uh, in a liquid base um, in order for it to work. So there, there, there is this period that we need to kind of further develop. A large company like CATL from China coming or partnering with a micro green energy, which is a, a Thornhill, Ontario-based company, mm-hmm. I think is what we need. We need to see some global players come to Canada, but to keep it here in Canada, what we've got to make yep. sure we don't do, Ken, is what we did with crude, which is we 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 drill and we 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 extract it yep. and we send it south of the border yep. to refine, and then they sell it to us for a premium. Yep. We have to make sure we don't get into that. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a whole other show we could do about, you know, the oil sector and, and the transition that needs to occur there to sustainable energy and to alternatives, uh, you know, there. I mean, there's going to be lots of jobs, I think, in my opinion, that can come up, as you're mentioning, in various areas. I mean, you know, not just not just mining like nickel and things like that, but all kinds of other offshoots and then into technology as well that's going to happen. Um, what I meant, what I, what I uh, talked about uh, Tesla's structural integrity uh, or integration is that instead of, uh, they're actually going to move away from the skateboard design at some point and, and they're putting the batteries, uh, the cells into the structure of the vehicle to actually carry those loads. 
Um, so it's a little bit different uh, uh, manufacturing methodology, um, which will, of course, Elon says, saves money. And that's what he's all about, is driving down those costs to get a $25,000 Tesla in three sure. years, as an example. So, I mean, you know, the, there's lots of new concepts coming out. I, I don't know, you know, from a repairability aspect, what that, you know, what would that do to the owner as far as if you got into a crash? Absolutely. That, to me, it sounds like it'd be really expensive to fix, but, you know, uh, they're not there yet. But there's lots of things happening, and I'm hoping that, you know, the Canadian marketplace, again, we have a lot of smart companies, a lot of smart people here, um, have the foresight to, to start thinking about the future where it can go. Yeah, and, 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 and it's one of the reasons we, uh, we launched Project Arrow yeah. um, was because of knowing what we know when it comes to the innovation, the, the, the you know, let's, 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 let's put something right out there. The assembly plants that are here in southern Ontario for the global OEMs are mm -hmm. some of the best in the world. They are. You know, Toyota Canada Cambridge won the Platinum JD Power mm -hmm. Award for the third time last year, yep. which means it's better than the one in Japan. Like, yeah, you know? I mean, from a quality standpoint, I, nobody argues as far as what's coming out. I, like Toyota as an example, I'll pick on them. I just think they're they're just not in with the program. They're kind of locked into fuel cell and, and plug-in, and it's somewhat plug-in hybrids to a yeah. degree. Hopefully they'll change, but you're absolutely right. What they're producing, though, is fantastic. You, you can't, you can't question it, right. and I, and I think you'll see, um, you will see a a split. I, I think it's leaning towards the lithium kind of skateboard yeah. approach, mm -hmm. um, but I think we can't write hydrogen fuel cell off. And then you've got someone like right. Blue Solutions out of uh, Boucherville, Quebec, mm -hmm. who are providing uh, solid state batteries for Daimler's buses. Uh, they're provided solid, their solid state batteries for Renault over in France. Nice. And so, you know, okay. we have a lot of talent, uh, and then obviously yeah. the work going on in our academic institutions, yes. where a lot of this is being developed. So we just need to, like you said, we just need to make sure we're, we're ahead of the, the game when it comes mm -hmm. to the next. And that's where you guys come in, I think, with, with Project Arrow, you started to talk about in that bit of an incubation in the higher ed, right? We have a lot of smart, smart programs, smart students, and this is the generation we need to empower to kind of carry the you know the, the next flag of the technology forward into more groundbreaking ideas you know i mean getting guys like me that are you know going to be 60 in a few years great you know i like to know stuff but i'm not the right guy and get the guys that are you know 19 20 21 that are at that phase because they're going to be the guys carrying the guys and gals carrying the future so you guys worked on on project arrow what was the what was the initial idea on how you you thought up project arrow and how you positioned it so, you know, there's, there's nothing better than, a, you know, some Welsh cheddar cheese and some, some <laughs> grapes from California. There you go. To, to, to get your mind flowing. It's a little early, but we could start soon, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in December of last year, Ken, we were sitting uh, around the senior management team at the APMA, and uh, we came up with, you know, Project Arrow to build a zero-emission concept vehicle mm -hmm. Uh, which kind of, you know, meets the Prime Minister's request of, you know, going zero emissions yep. 2040. Yep. Uh, and, and, so this and was a federal initiative? No, it's no? our initiative, right. but mm -hmm. supports to, you know, how do you answer the, the call for Canada being zero emissions 2040? Yes. How does the auto sector answer that? And so right. the APMA, we came up with the idea. We then took a, a launch at CES in January mm -hmm. um, yep. when things were still fairly normal. Yeah. Um, we launched it in, um, in January and, uh, and then right behind that, we wanted to do it 
where we challenge Canada and Canadians and pan-Canadian. We're not talking, you know, one of the challenges we face is when people talk automotive, they always think of Southern Ontario. Yes. Mm -hmm. But we're in a nationwide uh, coast-to-coast-to-coast association. Mm -hmm. So we launched a nationwide design competition. And uh, we had over 20 entries. Nine were, uh, you know, met all the requirements. Mm -hmm. We put together a judging panel which had uh, people like Ralph Gilles, who's the head of FCA's design studios, Mm -hmm. and took some time out of his busy schedule. We had Ray Tangay, the the ex-president of Toyota Canada, sit Mm -hmm. on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had uh, a, a great bunch of individuals that came together and, uh, you know, worked on reducing the, 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 the pack of nine down to three finalists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the finalists were out of British Columbia, out of uh, Ottawa, and out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. And, and the design that you see today, the accolades that it's been given you know, by designers, um, you know, we feel that's the face to launch a concept vehicle for Canada. And, and really nice. what are we trying to do here, Ken, is we're trying to answer a few questions. First of all, it's a great platform to show the best of the best of the best of Canadian um, automotive manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also, at the end of the two years, 2022, when we showcased the, the concept vehicle, it, we've created this um, gap analysis, this document which can tell federal, provincial governments where they need to make their investments. Nice. To say, hey, listen, we only had two companies that battery pack mm-hmm. to choose from, so you may need to f- create a focused program that focuses on, for example, that, it, that, it, that it, instead of an mm-hmm. open-ended mm-hmm. Uh, funded yes. program. Um, and thirdly, I think more importantly, it gives and invigorates Canadians to take their own initiatives to becoming their own companies, their own OEMs. Sure. So we hope that this initiative will bring out Canadian startup OEMs, which it's already began to do so, to yes. be honest. We're already talking to a few, so... That's fantastic. Um, I know the award went to, to Carleton, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Students from Carleton yeah. University in Ottawa. Um, with the name of it is the Traction Concept they, yeah, EV, they, if I've got that right. They call it Traction because they go, anything that needs to go forward needs to have some traction. So. <laughs> I agree. And, and then they designed this in, what, 12 weeks, from what I understand, So 12 right? weeks yeah. for the initial concept okay. ideation, and then they yep. were given a further 12 weeks to, to translate that into CAD. Okay. And if you have, and you you can we've got a conference coming up, a virtual conference, eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth of November. Mm-hmm. We just recorded a one-hour session, which is titled "Designers Talking Design," mm-hmm. and you'll see Ralph Gilles from FCA sitting with these four, nice. and we're talking about car design, and you'll be blown away to learn how quickly they learn software yeah. and actually produce that vehicle. That's uh, fantastic. I mean, I, you know, I love the looks of it just from, from the early renderings that I've seen. But, you know, again, a great success story that uh, not only designed and engineered, but it will be built. Do you have any, any sense of, of who's going to actually do the building and the manufacture of this? Yeah, will so it... we've, we've already got some partnerships from yeah. regions and academic institutions. The, you know, we're teaming up with Ontario Tech and the mm-hmm. ACE, the Climatic um, Chamber System over in Oshawa, okay. as our, one of our build partners. They are bringing Multimatic um, on board, Magma, Siemens, mm-hmm. ABC Group, Woodbridge, Martin oh, Rear. Great. Yeah. They've all committed to it. Nice. Um, and so we are really going to be seeing, um, we feel, some of the best of the best. Linamar's um, mm. e-gear system will be in this vehicle for sure as well. Mm. And so yeah, it's exciting times. You know, the, the conversation I had yesterday was a call out for glass. 
Uh, and so again, to your listeners as well, Ken, yeah. you know, we need, we need to be able to build the, you know, and shape the glass on this custom prototype. Mm -hmm. And so we are looking, um, you know, for, for suppliers okay, um, and companies that want to come on um, to this project. Well, great. Yeah. If you're listening and you're involved in this sector and think you can help, you know, drop me an email. My, everybody knows my contact information and I'll put you in touch with the right folks. Um, that's great. Now they're moving towards a virtual model, uh, which is the next phase, the engineering phase, I guess, into 2021. Yeah, the, the, it, there are four phases to the whole mm -hmm. project. Phase one is completed, the design phase. Mm -hmm. Phase two is the engineering mm -hmm. RFP phase, which is ongoing from today all the way through till 2022. Okay. Mm -hmm. Phase three comes in, and in January of next year, 2021, we will unveil the virtual version, an immersive version of the vehicle, nice. which is through a partnership with the Windsor Economic um, uh, Development Re um, Region, as mm -hmm. well as IBLS Canada down there. So they've mm -hmm. got uh, one of the best and the largest VR caves. Okay. And yeah, so yeah. they uh, and their team are going to be working with the students and the APMA to build this vehicle out. But we're not just going to do a regular extended reality, virtual reality version of this. We're going to mm -hmm. add some haptic sensory technology through oh, nice. gloves yeah. you know we're, we're going to make this feel like a real experience we're even looking at developing seating so you actually get in the vehicle to experience it as opposed to just kind of walking through it yeah yeah oh wow that'll be awesome and then from there once that's all locked down then it gets into a, you know a pre-production uh, you know pre, yeah that's uh, Beta, yeah. I guess, or alpha. I'm trying to remember. The, That's right. It's the, a, steps the, the the alpha beta versions of yep. it are going to be built out. Like I said, over at Ontario Tech, we've mm -hmm. already got a space Good. allocated. Um, you know, we'll have some big announcements in February and March. Uh, we're further ahead than a lot of people think we are. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people first shook their heads and thought, "What is a trade association doing building yeah. a car?" Yeah. We aren't building the car. Right. Our members, our partners are building this That's car. Right. Yeah. Um, we're, we're there supporting, we're the, you know, call us the visionary. You're a platform to allow this Absolutely. innovation to happen, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so we are super excited. And we, like I said, 2021 will be a, another year of several kind of unveilings and, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, be exciting. And it's exciting because we've already sat down face to face with the prime minister and he's very excited about it. Great. We're excited because our premier of Ontario is super stoked and excited about it and mm -hmm. thrown his support behind this. So, and we're excited because the industry, the, it's a public private partnership going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to show how it's done the right way. Excellent. And once that's all done and, and the first prototype is built, I guess obviously it'll be probably hand-built at this point, I guess, mm -hmm. or with some automation, is, is the idea maybe to take this to an OEM to say, do you want to build more of these? Do you want to take it into, into full production? Or, I, I think the or idea some would of the be concepts, to, to challenge Canadians yeah. to build these as Canadian OEMs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, that, I think uh, we are already talking about, even though we're building this as a single, you know, concept. Mm -hmm. um, we are thinking about how do you build the assembly of this? You know, do we do this as a micro manufacturing, uh, you know, um, uh, approach to manufacturing instead of having a humongous plant like, you know, uh, FCA Brampton or sure. Oshawa. Yeah. And so there are different ways of building uh, mobility today, Ken. And so we, we're strategically looking to see what is going to be the best way, you know, based upon what could be mm -hmm. projected volume. You know, if anybody wanted to take this and build it and they projected 20,000 or 50,000 units. And so how do you kind of do that the most economical way using technology? Yeah. If that were to occur, do you, would you anticipate that this vehicle would be 
in some sort of economic realm for the average buyer, or would this be a little bit more of a niche from a price point? You know, I know you can't commit to that because it's way early. Yeah, but, you know, I think if we look at the cost of, because it's again, it's the cost of your supply chain and the resources mm -hmm. and materials you need to buy a vehicle, which yes. is why our Teslas cost as much as they do. You know, um, I think this is probably not going to be any different unless mm -hmm. there's been a breakthrough in the supply right. chain. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, the price tags are, are, are going to tend to probably reflect the cost of materials, which mm -hmm. is about 25 to 45% more than what it should be. Exactly. So, yeah, and that's what we're working towards. And on that note, I was going to ask you, great segue, um, some of the analysts are now predicting cost parity for full electrics versus internal combustions within the next two or three years. Um, I think, think it might be closer to 2025, 2026. I'd love it to be sooner, but uh, any, 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 even if they're not professional, uh, you know, something that you could say professionally through the organization, but even personal thoughts about what you're, when you think we might see a cost parity occur? I, I'd agree with you, 2025. I, yeah. think, I think we're a lot closer than we were two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, okay. when, when you see Elon unveil a Cybertruck and, and price pointed at, well, I think, what was it, 40000 to 70000 That's 70, what he's begging US. for, entry, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, um, let's just see what, you know, the Hummer was unveiled at. And, and the vehicles that we have today. So I, I think that, you know, his movement towards these large single aluminum stamp pieces, mm -hmm. minimizing the welds is all cost savings, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. His approach is to try and reduce the cost because Tesla has become the most powerful OEM globally, yes. not because of their volume of vehicles, because they make a fraction of vehicles compared to the rest. For sure. It's because of the value of what they provide within the vehicles. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand the difference between them and the others is they are a tech company. Yeah. The rest of them aren't. That's and right. so as we yeah. move towards this kind of cost parity, we have to understand, just like you know, cell phones, for example, the cost of a cell phone today hasn't really dropped that drastically in the last decade. If anything, that's gone up, Absolutely. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Who in the right mind will pay over $1,000 every year? But people do. They do. Um, yeah. So it, I think five years at the earliest, I would agree with you. Um, mm. But it is definitely the way it has to go. But we also need to improve on our uh, charging infrastructure. We also mm -hmm. need to improve on adding smarts and technology and, and, and embracing V2X, vehicle mm -hmm. to everything, connectivity and right. communication. Right. Uh, and then I think we suddenly are having a different conversation in 2025, 2026. Interesting. And uh, one last question, VW. So obviously the group is, is fully committed behind electrification. Um, Zwickau has been fully converted from uh, from the last ICE vehicles, I think, in the, in the early spring to now fully electric uh, builds on the ID3s to start, the ID4s soon, already, uh, I think, in beta prototypes. Uh, eventually, that'll move to Chattanooga. And then all the other divisions within VW, you, you know, you're seeing um, uh, Skoda, you're seeing um, Porsche. I mean, everybody's getting fully into the electrification game. Do you think that they could be another catalyst, as Tesla is, for this marketplace and helping all the OEMs to really spur uh, electrification and embrace it fully? Possibly, especially Volkswagen. You know, I remember yeah. their R&D manager or director uh, a few years ago commenting uh, about how they want to completely vertically integrate the electrification and the technology mm -hmm. and not feel like it's going to be a hey, you know, we've got the brains of the vehicle ready, can you send over the chassis? You know, they didn't want to change what they were going to supply in the future. Okay. They've always supplied a finished vehicle and they want to continue supplying a finished vehicle. 
And so I think the way the, the VWs and some of the European OEMs have embraced it is because they probably have less in, in, you know, invested as a nation into you know, internal combustion engines and crude mm -hmm. and oil and gas as, say, our North American counterparts here. Right. And so I think there is that change in the game. You know, we can talk about electrification in, in countries like India, the Tatars mm -hmm. and the Mahindras, yes. exactly, exactly the same philosophy from the government down. Yeah. Yeah. They are all True. embracing electrification because they don't want to be involved in, 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 in crude and, 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 and the internal combustion engine and, and what happens globally under yes. that banner. Yes. I, 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 but I would not write off the, um, the Rivians and the uh, Lucids um, mm -hmm. and even the Bitons. Bitons, you know, a few of them are going through some um, tough times at this present moment. Um, but if you see what Biton and their team have put together and their philosophy, mm -hmm. this, uh, this Chinese-American kind of product, you know, a price point is, is where it should be and, and the technology as it should be as well. Yes. So... You know, I think, you know, we are going to see a lot of new kids on the block mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. as the old bands retire. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, again, they're going to be the ones that help to steer the industry because from a mass scale, they can't do that. You know, Rivian, God bless them, you know, Amazon's buying thousands of these E-Vans. Great, they're going to start there. And, and you know, we, we all know the commercial space is ripe for electrification as well. Anything from from small medium deliveries to short to medium haul at this point, you know that they can be electrified efficiently and, and economically, right? Yeah. And, but Rivian announced what over two and a half years ago, and we still haven't seen a vehicle on the road from them. We have not. We've seen a lot of marketing stuff. Absolutely, like you know, uh, you know <laughs> tons of show strong. stuff. Absolutely, yeah. it's there. there we're, we're in a time. There is a change. Yeah. Where, you know, uh, 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 you know, it's a Sam Cooke song you know that comes to mind yeah a change is going to come you know yeah. um and oh, yeah. it's the, and it's happening and we're sure. we're in the eye of the storm at the moment and what we want to do as canadians is to make sure we don't just continue to develop a strong supply chain but mm -hmm. we begin to develop strong canadian oems we cannot have our governments have to continue giving out financial support yes. to global oems to stay here Mm -hmm. Rather than that, let's have the IP, let's have the head office and the R&D stay in Canada mm -hmm. and the vehicles go global because they're global platforms. And so that is something that, you know, personally, I want to make sure happens over the next decade is to see more Canadian OEMs come out of the woodwork. And we just need one Kent to cross the finishing line. Yep. And then it's a game changer. Any predictions on who that one could be uh, looking out 10 years? There's a few. Um, you know, there. I, you know, if I've got a few friends now who are building uh, our EV vehicles. Mm -hmm. And so it, it'd be hard to say, but, you yep. know, there are... There are one or two in British Columbia, one or two in, in Quebec, and there's about two or three okay. here in Ontario. So watch the space, yeah. I would say. Okay. Besides VW, uh, a, lot of, a lot of comments that I see and that I get um, are people that think that there's less life in some of the larger OEMs than, than other people think they are, that their the clock is ticking for them. Um, what's your take on that? I mean, I think Ford, GM, Chrysler, FCA, you know, the big three traditionally known as aren't going anywhere. Sure, I think they're going to have to change. They're going to have to adapt. But, it, but for them, in my opinion, it's a slow transition. I mean, internal combustion vehicles aren't going away overnight. You know, by 2050, there'll still be lots on the road. You know, uh, it's, this is a slow transition. It has to accelerate, though. It does for, 
for climate change or for global um, aspects, but there's just, you know, it, it, it's a big machine boat to turn. What do you think about some of the, when people say, well, you know, we don't think Ford's going to be around 10 years or GM. I, I, what's your thought on that? You know, personally, I think, I would not be surprised if one of the D3 was not around in 10 years. Interesting, I, really? I, I, okay. I personally think that that is a possibility. Mm -hmm. And if not, um, just like, you know, uh, Tata's a brand, Suzuki's a brand, mm -hmm. Mitsubishi's a brand, um, don't be surprised if in 10 years you suddenly have Tesla and five others as the leaders and then suddenly these giants that we've known becoming, you know, the, the smaller players. Right. Um, you have 40,000, say, employees, at, at, you know, let's just pick on GM for the moment mm -hmm. because they pulled out of Oshawa. So that's the excuse for me yep. being able to pick on him. Sure, um, 40,000 at their VEC center in Michigan. Um, you have a complete mindset change to be brought in. You know, you have purchasing people who, you know, tech companies approaching with brand new tech yep. and the purchasing people may not be the right people and they go, yeah, that sounds, that looks amazing. Let's bring you guys on as a supplier. And then six months later, Ken turns up with something that's even better. And so there is, there is a complete transition from purchasing to engineering to design to the way the company's structured and run mm -hmm. until you see, you know, techies running the D3, um, there are going to be challenges. If they continue to think that they can weather this storm or turn this huge tanker, you know, and miss the iceberg, you know, time will tell. But I think they're going to struggle. I, I truly think they're going to struggle. Mm -hmm. And I'll... Even take it back to Akito Toyota making a comment 10 years ago about South Korea and, and mm -hmm. the South Koreans. He said, we have no other comp competitor globally other than the South Koreans. And back then, 10 years ago, you and I would have said, really? Yeah. Hyundai? No, I got you. Ikea? And yeah. look at it today. Yeah, I Absolutely, agree with that. Absolutely. You know, the, the D3 have moved out of the sedan vehicle mm -hmm. because these guys own that category yep. now. Yep. True. Quality, design features, it's all. It's, it's, cost, it's a, price. And yeah. cost. But yeah, yeah. And sure. so I, I, I think, I, I wouldn't be surprised because the coach builders at the turn of the 19th, of the 20th century, of the, mm -hmm. in the 1900s, some of these great coach builders were here and then mm -hmm. they were gone tomorrow. Yeah. And so I would not, I wouldn't blink an eye um, if suddenly somebody who was a huge player, mm -hmm. you're going to see a lot of amalgamation and, I was and, just and, ask and, you, yeah. and, and JVs. You're going to see a lot yep. of them having to look to come together that I can see. in order to, to get to the next level. That I can see. I, I'm going to come back and just say I still think that VW is in a great position. I think they've jumped on the bandwagon early enough. Yes, it's been, you know, some people are frustrated that it's taken the time to get where they are. But I think they're doing it right. And if anybody has the scale and the enormity of mass to do that, you know, 600,000 plus workforce, 130 plants, global entities, uh, global awareness. I mean, they have the scale to, to really make an impact in this marketplace. And the first to go to China. They, yeah. their, their growth yeah. in China will be what's going to save them. And, and again, mm. hey, listen, I've got a 66 Beetle in my yeah. garage. I've been a BW supporter for too many years. Yeah. But I think Toyota uh, will, will, will do okay. I, and I'll even think uh, FCA's partnership with, uh, with PSA in, in mm -hmm. France. Right. Uh, so now you've got the Italians, the French, and the Americans kind of working together. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, stra strate str a strategic move yep. because FCA was falling behind on the EV front. Yes. Um, and, and I think Ford's announcement here in Oakville was, was music to my ears. I, I, I'm Me too. good for them.
Me too. Well, it's definitely going to be a bright future. We'll have to, ha I'll have to have you back on the show at another time in six months or so and see how our predictions are holding up and what's new with, um, of course, Project Arrow. I encourage all the listeners to check out the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association of Canada website and you can get links and information about Project Arrow, I would assume, from there. Colin Dillon, Chief Technology Officer, uh, APMA, thank you very much for taking the time. Any closing thoughts? No, thanks, Ken, and uh, keep up the good work. I, I think, like I said, we are in that eye of the storm. We are yeah. proud to have the talent pool around us here in Canada, and uh, we firmly believe Project Arrow is going to be a huge success in so many fronts, um, and uh, it will be the ship that changes the time. Yeah, excellent. Well, on that, thank you very much for joining me today. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care. And for everybody listening, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to the audio podcast. Please, I hope everybody is staying safe and following uh, public guidelines wherever you live. And until the next show, um, you know how to find me. You can always watch my videos at the EV Revolution channel on YouTube. Please check those out as well and subscribe. And I'll try to get a little bit more frequent on these podcasts as we move forward. Again, it's just tough to find people sometimes that want to talk. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Take care and we'll talk to you next time.